Welcome to the Kosafa Show with Mark Gleason and Nick Say. Welcome everyone to the second edition of the Kosafa Show. My name is Mark Gleason. And I'm Nick Said, and we have yet another bumper offering for you today. The idea of the show is to offer a wide sweep of all of the footballing activities in the Southern African region. And again, there is much to discuss with our guests today. We'll hear some reaction to the creation by the Confederation of African Football of a Women's Champions League, which is slated to kick off next year, and where Kasafa region could be among the contenders. And also in the show, we look at the administration of the game, as always, in our region. And our focus today is on Botswana, particularly as there are elections coming up early next month for the Botswana Football Association leadership. First up on the Kosafa show, this week is an opportunity to speak to an exciting footballer, Ed Milson, the flying fullback from Mozambique, who's captained his country and also plays in the Premier Soccer League in South Africa at Cape Town City. Yes, it's a treat to have Ed Milson with us. And I suppose the first question we must ask is how frustrating has it been for you to have been without any football over the last four months? Uh, I mean, uh, for, for someone like me who's used to, to be on the pitch most of the time, touching a ball, be around my mates, it was a bit frustrating uh, because I had to, to adapt into a new routine. Uh, which was something that I never thought that I would, I would be submitted to. So, yeah, I had to adjust. I had to adjust. I had to train at home most of the time. You know? So, yeah, it was a bit tough. It was a bit tough. But, I mean, we managed to get through it. And now we're back on the field again. And how easy do you think it's going to be after such a long time away from actually playing a game of football, a competitive game of football? How easy it's going to, is it going to be to get back on that pitch and to get straight back into the thrust of action? Uh, I mean, I'm not expecting it to be easy and none of us expect it to be easy because uh, we've been out for such a long time. I think it's the first time since I have started playing professional football that I've been out for, for such a long time. So, yeah, training at home, Zoom sessions, uh, separate groups. It's never the same as, as having a competitive session where sometimes we play 11 v 11 to get the fitness, the fitness levels back. So, yeah, it's going to be quite uh, difficult uh, in the beginning. But, you know, as a footballer, we need, we need to adjust and we need to do everything that is, is there to be done for us to, to get the fitness levels back. So, yeah, that's what we've been working on now that we're back on the pitch again. And we're looking forward to the, to the return of the league. On the international front, the last time Mozambique, or any African country for that matter, played was November. You made a good start to the Cup of Nations qualifiers with four points from your first two matches. So do you think we'll see the Mumbas at the next Cup Finals in, in Cameroon? Uh, I'm quite sure about that because that's our main objective. Uh, I mean, football... It was cancelled for all of us and we were in a good moment when, when all, all this pandemic came. So what I always say, and I have a chat with my mates, my national team mates, because I have some good friends there, is we just need to remain focused in our objective. We need to work as hard as we can, like especially now, to, to get our momentum back and, and take the national team to, to Cameroon. 
I think that's going to be my first time uh, being on a uh, Africa Cup of, of Nations. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to do in my side, I'm going to do all I can to remain focused, uh, physically strong, to be able to help my national team to, 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 to get our objective. So the next, the next two qualifiers for you are against Cameroon, which is uh, probably going to be in October, though. We're not sure of that yet. I mean, that's two very tough matches, two big tests for you so soon coming back after the, after the, the lockdown. How do you think Mozambique can do against the Indomitable Lions? Uh, I mean, like most, most of, my, of my national team teammates, uh, they play overseas and the leagues where they're playing, uh, they started Portugal, one of them, France now, they're, they're back at training. So I think I think we have we have a very good and strong squad, you know, and it's gonna be difficult, of course. Cameroon, I mean, they've been competing in 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 this stage for for quite a long time, and uh, they have they had like testes that that probably uh, they are bigger than what we 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 have we have had. So. It's gonna be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to it. You know, you only get better when we play when you play with with the better ones. So it's gonna be difficult, but it's not impossible. As for your own career is concerned, is there any chance for you to still play in Europe? Do you think is that is that something you would like to do? Uh, I think that is the flame that's still burning inside inside me. Uh, that's my dream, and you know, I've been working hard through all the years. Since I've been here, that's that's my main objective. You know, getting a move to Europe, uh, it was gonna be a, a dream come true, and you know, it's not impossible. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still young, and I can do it. I can. It's 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 all about how hard I work, how bad I want it, and I want it so badly. So, I'm hundred percent sure that in the near future I'll be playing in Europe. One of your past coaches, uh, Benny McCarthy, likened you, of course, to Sergio Ramos of uh, Real Madrid, especially when he moved you to, uh, to centre-back from full-back. And some coaches, when we ask them, they say you prefer full-back. Others say you prefer centre-back. Now that we've got you uh, with us here, tell us what's your favourite, left-back or centre-back? I mean, uh, I would prefer left-back. Uh, why? Left-back is a position that that has... has taken me everywhere I went as a footballer uh, and for me uh, discovering that I can play uh, as a centre-back is a bonus you know as a football player you need to be able to adjust in in every position that that the coach calls you to play I have been used as a winger in our last game against Cape Verde in the national team so for me, it's it's about being on the pitch and helping my mates but if I had to choose I would prefer playing as a as a left back, centre back, I played because the coach didn't have anyone at that moment to 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 put in that position. And when he called me, I said, "Yeah, why not? Uh, if it's, it's for the good of the team, I'm I'm i need to to try." And I tried; it all went well. As he started calling me Sergio Ramos, but yeah, for me, it's just it was just another another thing I discovered about myself. But left back is a position that I would prefer to play all day long. And just, you know, a lot of our listeners would have first come across you in the Kasafa Cup before you joined Cape Town City in, in South Africa's Premier Soccer League. Just what are your, your memories of the Kasafa Cup and, and how did it perhaps help you to develop your profile in the region? Uh, I mean, when, when I played the Kasafa, I started playing Kasafa in uh, 2000, 
2015, that's, that was my first year. And for me to be able to play the final that year, uh, it was priceless. It's a moment that, that will remain with me uh, for, for my entire life. You know, I was still coming uh, from, from uh, a position where I didn't have as much experience as I, I do now with national team. So it was priceless finding my, my name in the squad that played the Kozafa and as well finding my, my name in the first eleven. So it was, it was all good. It was all good. It, there are memories that I will always cherish forever. Next on the Kozafa show, we're privileged to have in our midst a World Cup coach. Desiree Ellis led South Africa to the Women's World Cup in France for their first appearance at the tournament last year. She was named Africa's Woman Coach of the Year for a second successive season and also took Banyana Banyana to the last Kasafa women's title, her third in a row. As a player, she featured in the first ever international played by South Africa. So good to have you on the show with us, Des. And first up, let's ask you what your reaction is to the next Women's World Cup being played in Australia and New Zealand. Is there any advantage for your team if you get there? Um, uh, I'm, hi, Mark and Nick. Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think the the tournament has been increased um, as well to 32 teams. And I think the qualifying first is going to be even tougher. Um, don't know the format yet with 12, 12 countries now participating in the Women's AFCON. Um, I think we just have to be better prepared than, we were, than what we were last time. If you look at the physical report from FIFA, you know, the, the, the miles, um, the speed and everything has gone up. So we just have to be much better prepared. Um, than we were for the last World Cup. Last week, we also had the news that an African Women's Champions League will be started next year. That's obviously an exciting development. Oh, no, most definitely. You know, uh, CAF has got this new women's football strategy of having more competitions, and that's very exciting news for everyone on the continent because now I think, you know, countries will go out and get their leagues organized and support the team that's going to play in the Champions League. And uh, congratulations to Mamelodi Sundowns, who won the National League and is going to present South Africa. And, uh, you know, I think it's just exciting. You know, I think the level of football is going to uh, increase so much. And I think that's going to add to the international competition for national teams. How much do you know about uh, women's club football in Africa? And do you think there's a chance that a team from the Kusafa region could, could actually be there up amongst the front runners in the Women's Champions League in the first edition, or indeed even win it? Look, I know Nigeria's got a very strong league. Uh, Uganda's got a league that's based mostly um, at schools. Um, Rwanda's got a good league. Um, Ghana's got a good league. Um, but I believe that, you know, Mamelodi Sundowns has got a very good team. Um, they've got a nice blend of youth and experience. And I think it's going to be tough. Uh, you don't know what to expect from the other teams, but more so you know what you can expect from the West African countries' physical strength. And I think where we can win it on our side is if Mamelodi Sundowns are really fit um, because they have a very good blend of players playing in our youth teams as well. I know, Coach, we've spoken before about the impact that the Kasafa Women's Championship has had for you in developing your team uh, to get to the World Cup. You must be itching to get back onto the pitch. I know, yes. No, Kosafa has been tremendous, you know, in preparing us first for the qualification for the World Cup, but also allowing us to also, um, you know, give opportunities to, to new players and, and make the core group, group bigger. Um, yes, at this present moment, I think the situation is the same for everyone. You know, it's safety first and football second. But we also have to make sure that when... 
you know, to limit the impact of COVID, we, we send out programs to players on a regular basis and make sure that when everything is over, that we're not too far behind. But Kosafa has really helped us. And I'm hoping, you know, that we can still have a, a Kosafa before the end of the year. And one other question I want to ask you about uh, national team level is in the men's game, it's generally held that the more players you have overseas, the better your team is. Is that true as well for, for the national team women's wise? Because you've got a lot of players now playing internationally. Is it better? Does it make your team stronger that you've got so many players getting that experience? Uh, look, Mark, you know, we always ask for our players or we always hope that our players get um, contracts abroad to big, big, bigger and better leagues but sometimes you have to, to start in the smaller countries to get an opportunity to go to the bigger countries and I think that has helped us with the experience that, that they've gained abroad because they train on a daily basis at a very high level and play at a high level and that adds really um, you know uh, gives the, the national team a little bit more in, in terms of experience in terms of playing at a higher level and that's what we ask for players to play at the higher level consistently and to train at a higher level consistently. And in that way, the national team gets big, bigger and better. And of late, we've seen that our players have gone to, to bigger and better leagues and that only argues well for the national team. Football in Botswana might have been suspended since March, but that does not mean the Botswana Football Association has been sitting back and doing nothing. Instead, it has been rather busy off the field, and we have the privilege of having BFA President McLean Lechwiti with us today to explain a little further. Yes, welcome, Mr. Lechwiti. Uh, let's talk first about the decision to end the season in Botswana without completing all the games. What was your rationale behind that? Well, Mark, as we know, we all want games or the league <laughs> to end with uh, uh, Winners, but you know we had to take into consideration the the life of the athletes. Firstly, uh, to continue playing, what is the cost involved? And it, it was prohibitive uh, for us to, uh, to, to 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 continue playing at the same time endangering the lives of our athletes because that's utmost important in our conclusion. So it was for those two reasons that we did not want to compromise the life of our athletes or players. Two, it was prohibitive in terms of costs for us to continue uh, with the game. So we, we did a survey. We uh, uh, posed a question to all the Premier League, uh, you know, what would they like to see happen? Uh, to nullify the league, suspend the league, or stop where we are, declare the winner, and relegate. And the majority of uh, the, 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 the teams in the Premier League uh, stopping the league and declaring the winner. So that's how we came to that decision. You've been busy with uh, governance issues as well, Ms. Latriti. Can you tell us about the new compliance statutes adopted and, and how do things stand financially for your organization? Look, one of the biggest challenges that we had, you know, when we took over, that is four years ago, it was the governance issues and the financial uh, viability. Uh, most of our statutes and the constitution were not FIFA compliant. Uh, we had to take a lot of work to bring all that all those statutes to date, including the constitution, 
and the supporting statutory documents that has been successfully completed. We also took a, 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 an, an association that was insolvent and that was a big challenge, you know, to actually uh, turn around the association to a break even. Uh, that took us four years, you know, but as we speak, we have a very solid uh, financial statement. I mean, if you go into the FIFA website, you will see the Botswana uh, finances published. So that was quite a big uh, improvement for the Botswana uh, Association because only with a, uh, uh, you know, a strong balance sheet, you know, uh, can you attract uh, corporate sponsors because nobody is going to do business with an insolvent institution. So that was a big achievement. And then you also asked about club licensing. You know, this exercise we should have done 20 years ago because club licensing actually means professionalization, running football as a business, running clubs. You know, the club structure must talk to business. So we've also had uh, been very, very, very serious about implementing club licensing. I've also heard that um, you have been doing an educational capacity building program out in the regions, out in the sticks that you've rolled out to uh, perhaps those that don't have the opportunities in the, in the, in the big centers like Gaborone and Francistown. Can you tell us what the impact of that has been? You know, one of the most important things in life is awareness, is education. So we found that our regions, which are the nerve center of football, you know, were not that educated, you know. We wanted them to do things, but we didn't give them the tools, you know, what it means to run an organization. So I had to convince FIFA, you know, to give us funds uh, to, to, to run this educational program in our 17 regions. You know, basic things like, you know, what does it mean to be a chairman of the area? You know, I mean, of the of of, of the region. You know, what 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 is it that is expected of you by the clubs that you represent and by the association itself? So that in itself was a big achievement in the sense that we now find it easier to run projects through our regions we find it easier to ask them to account and they account because one of the biggest uh, challenges, you know, was, you know, uh, the, the regions knowing, you know, what they is expected of them and, you know, how they relate uh, with the stakeholders, you know. So it was a massive, massive educational uplift. And I think the Botswana Football Association is very different and very progressive from where it was four years ago. Speaking of that, sir, elections are coming up at, at the BFA soon. Are you going to be a candidate for another term of office? Well, I've put in my name because the four years really uh, was spent, you know, putting structures into place, you know, building foundations. So the, the second year, uh, my intention was now its implementation for results. You know? We've put in youth development structures. Uh, we have started coach education, refereeing, grassroots. So all these things, you know, futsal, 
are in place. All these structures are in place. So it's just to take off and implement all these uh, foundations or structures that we have put in place. So yes, hopefully, I, if it was on merit, uh, I, I wouldn't uh, be scared of the elections. If it is based on merit, I'll definitely win. But if it's other, you know how Africa is. <laughs> Africa is a big jungle. But based on merit, I, I should be, it should be very easy for me to win the elections because people can see what I have done and what is still to be done. Let's go back to the football for our final question in uh, today's show is uh, just to ask you, when do you anticipate that um, you might be back on the fields in Botswana again? Look, as, as you are aware, Botswana is uh, under the state of emergency uh, for the next six months uh, in October. So until the state of emergency is lifted, that uh, emphasizes on uh, social distancing and uh, you know, I, 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 I don't see us returning back to football until after that state of emergency. And then we are looking at end of October, beginning of November. When you can't go on and do the same thing over and over. It's like my friend when he went out last night. He didn't eat your french fries. He wanted to reheat them today and expect them to taste like <laughs> they can't. Catch the car wash with Teko Modise and Sean Roberts. Only on SL Radio, brought to you by Sokola Duma. Just a reminder then that the Botswana Football Association elections are on August 8th. Elections are also due in Namibia this weekend, in Zambia soon, and the Seychelles Football Federation hold their poll in November. Next March, we'll see elections at the Confederation of African Football as well. But it's also not only a busy time for the administrators. Football in the region is starting to emerge from the COVID-19 blanket. The Zambian Super League gets underway this weekend. And in South Africa, the teams are back in training, awaiting a green light too. Certainly, these are strange times that we live in. And a reminder for many, I guess, that uh, football is much more than just a game. It's a business as well. There's stakeholders uh, on the pitch. There's also stakeholders off it, such as sponsors, broadcasters, and all the industry that goes on around uh, the beautiful game. I'm sure they're all hoping that uh, teams will be back in action soon. Well, October is scheduled for the return of uh, international football. The resumption of the Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers is on the cards. November sees the kickoff of the World Cup group phase qualifiers, although we're still expecting more clarity from the Confederation of African Football and a revised schedule. But it does look for the moment as if uh, most Kosovo member countries will see their national teams back in action before the end of this year. We want to thank everyone for their positive feedback to our first show that was aired a fortnight ago. We are pleased you enjoyed it. I'd also just like to remind you that you can follow us at www.kosafa.com on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. A big thank you then to our guest today, and we promise another bumper lineup next time we meet. That's it for this time. Goodbye.